Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. It's your local community radio station that you are tuned to. And my name's Andy and I'm going to be your companion on the wireless for the next hour. Broadcasting on Jagger and Turable land and of course to the surrounding Aboriginal nations. And if you're listening to this online, well... The place you are on is probably Indigenous land as well, and people have been on there a long time before you and your radio slash device, and so uh, worth thinking about who those people were and how they lived there and how you ended up there as well. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about Blockade Australia, the group of direct action uh, activists who this week have been causing quite a consternation across the country with repeated actions blocking the port of Brisbane, the port of Melbourne and the Waratah Coal Port in Newcastle. If every day there's been at least one action, generally several across those three locations and there's been quite a heated response from some sections of the media and some people on social media and uh, law enforcement and politicians as well. Uh, New South Wales Premier Chris Minns has weighed in, as has our own Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk, and there's been a legal sort of repression with people not being offered bail, despite the fact that ultimately what they are charged with is relatively minor offences that will most likely not result in a custodial sentence and that these people are not flight risks. They're people who have willingly turned up and done these actions and so legally the you, one would say if our legal principles were to stand that the presumption for bail would be the first consideration. But um, if you upset the law enforcement enough, then they're happy to throw those legal principles out the window, as we have seen this week. So I'm going to be chatting with a couple of people. Jamaica, who was one of the first actions on Monday morning at the Port of Brisbane, and also to Taylor about um, some of the, the broader strategy and ideas behind Blockade Australia, that they're not purely there just to um, annoy sections of the media. <laughs> So before we get into all that, I've got to play a little montage that I've made of a lot of the actions um, that have happened this week. Let's have a listen. 
Hi, I'm Jem. I'm here on the port leading into the road leading into the Brisbane port. Over 250 years ago, a war that was vicious and bloody was started on this continent. It was started over land and resources. That war is ongoing today, not only here on this continent, but on other continents also. So I'm here blocking the road from the port. I'm at the top of a monopole, which is tensioned down with three ropes, blocking four lanes of traffic. I'm doing this because this system of exploitation, of endless expansion, is not sustainable, is driving the climate collapse. Um, God, sorry, I'm a little bit breathless. It's a quick climb. Morning, everyone. Uh, I'm live in Appleton Dock in Nam, otherwise known as Melbourne. It's a major economic pinch point of the system we call Australia. This is why we're targeting it. My name's Brad and I'm taking action with Blockade Australia. Uh, just having a conversation with a uh, member of Vic Pyle wants to know if we could do this on the side side of the road, believe it or not. So do you reckon you could come down and do it on the side of the road? So yeah, uh, as I pointed out, we've been trying to do stuff on the side of the road for a long time. Hello there. Uh, my name's Angus. I'm currently on top of a big metal stick uh, blocking access to uh, the world's largest coal port. The reason I decided to take this action to block a coal port, it's not just because uh, coal is bad, although coal is bad, um, but I'm here to try and disrupt uh, the economic system that uh, Australia has in place. Hello, I'm Neve. Um, I'm currently abseiling off Footscray Road, blocking six lanes of traffic um, on a Blockade Australia protest, protesting on the port of Melbourne, the largest uh, container port in uh, on this continent. I'm taking this action because the project that we call Australia um, is an extractive and exploitative system that is currently destroying the planet and causing the climate crisis. The government and the institutions and the big corporations are working together um, for profit and do not care about taking action on the climate crisis, which is currently threatening all species and human life and non-human life on this earth. And so therefore taking effective action that effectively disrupts and halts this system is the only thing that's possible. You can't demand anything from a system that is never going to change. Hello. Um, I've never, I've never done Facebook Live before, but hello. Um, my name is Grace. I'm from uh, Nanawal country, Nanawal and Nambri. I'm currently in the largest coal port in the world, which is Newcastle coal port. Uh, it's very exhilarating. Just press the emergency stop button and all the lights went out. Um, and it's not moving! It's not moving! How exciting is that? How bloody exciting is that? But I think I heard someone coming. So I'm just doing a little bit of hiding. Um, 
whatever fucking view this is. And that's just a bloody mountain of coal. And I scrambled over one of those to get up here. All in my socks and my feet uh, hurt a lot. And I'm really scared right now, but the passing fear that I'm feeling is nothing on the overwhelming dread that we feel every single day, or so many of us feel every single day. And I think it's something, something that you sort of have to tap into, right? But something that you can turn into something really powerful, like, <laughs> like this action. I'm just one little silly goose out here, and I've stopped this whole bloody thing. I've made a real ruckus for him. It's going to be very annoying. Hey there. This is Dash. I'm on a tripod. Like in the port of Brisbane. Thanks to my friends who got me up here. A community of activists working tirelessly to take down the system that is destroying the future. I'm up here, nine metres high, on a tripod. Traffic blocked behind me. They can't use the port, which is part of the economic and political system that is destroying this country, destroying our future. Hi, my name's Jacinta. I'm here on a freight train at the Port of Melbourne, stopping it to go into the Port of Melbourne. I'm here for Blockade Australia. Um, uh, I've just got up. It's pretty nerve-wracking doing something like this. I don't normally do something like this, but I'm so concerned about climate change. I'm here because our politicians and our corporations, it's not ours, they're the systems, are not working for the people of this continent. Australia has an economic system that's extractive, exploitative, and we can do so much better. We can do so much better. We're on a coal train. Yeah. Resist climate in action. We're on Monaro country, on the Hunter Rail Line. We're on top of a coal train, we've stopped it. It was going to the coal port at Newcastle, the biggest coal port in the world, and we stopped it. Okay. And we're staying here. <laughs> Good morning, Melbourne. Good morning, Australia. Hi, um, I'm coming to you from Melbourne. Uh, this is Monroe. Hello. I am currently up a little higher than I normally am. Blockading the port of Melbourne. What can I say? I want to start off this by talking about what I'm doing here. Um, what I'm doing currently is direct action. This is direct action against the Port of Melbourne, but also the system as a whole. Um, you know, this system works to exploit everybody, the everyday person, everybody, the country, um, constantly. It's always working to exploit, and that exploitation is destroying the planet. Um, we're in a really dire situation right now. We're in a dire situation, and so here we are taking dire action. Um, and that's really the only thing that I can see that we can do, is take dire action. Because otherwise the system isn't going to stop, it's just going to keep going, it's going to keep destroying this planet, and we only have one of these, you know? You're on the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ and you heard a little montage of some of the civil disobedience actions that have happened this week across the country in the ports of Melbourne, Newcastle and Brisbane where a number of people have each day 
um, blocked entrances to the ports or rail lines going into the ports. Um, they've caused quite a stir, and that group of people are known collectively as Blockade Australia. You won't get much uh, impartial coverage of Blockade Australia from some of our mainstream media outlets, and so I thought that on the Paradigm Shift I would go straight to some of the people involved and chat to them about what they're doing and why. And so one of those people was Taylor, who has been um, working through the week doing media for all of these actions. And so let's have a listen to Taylor. My name is Taylor and I am uh, currently speaking on behalf of Blockade Australia. I'm from Brisbane, Mianjin. So Blockade Australia have been in the news a bit this week, but for those who haven't seen any of it, can you start by telling us what is Blockade Australia and what do you do? Yeah, Blockade Australia is an organised collective group of people who are concerned about uh, the climate crisis that we are currently facing and we are standing in the way of the destruction that uh, Australia is causing. And this often means physically standing in the way or dangling in the way as it might be off a, a abseil rope or a monopole or something like that. This week there's been a number of actions. Can you describe a bit of what's happened? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this week we have seen uh, organised direct action across uh, the continent in Brisbane, Newcastle and Melbourne, um, centralised at the ports of each location. Um, and yeah, an, an, a range of actions including uh, people blocking highways, blocking uh, uh, railways and uh, yeah, any imports and exports coming in and out of those ports. So there's a strategic reason why you've chosen these ports and Blockade Australia's previous mobilisations were targeted at the Port of Botany in Sydney and the Waratah Port in Newcastle. Um, what's the, I guess, the strategy behind aiming for these uh, docks? Yeah, well, 98% of Australia's trade is via the ports. Um, this means that most of the flow of the economy is centralised around these pinch points. Um, and Blockade Australia has been able to disrupt them um, to effectively stand in the way of the exportation of the climate crisis um, to the rest of the world. Uh, it is a big strategy. I mean, Blockade Australia is kind of rhetoric about Australia you know, is a parasite, an extractive nightmare and these, and Australia needs to be stopped. It's a, a big aim, you know. Often in activism there's sort of talk about splitting your targets until you've got something that's manageable for a campaign. What's the reasoning behind aiming for, like, really big things or saying we need to stop the system and uh, stop uh, Australia? Yeah, by Australia we mean the political and, and economic uh, institution that it is you know, uh, it has always been there to exploit the land and the people um, since invasion of this continent. And it's, uh, you know, there is no, um, there is no demanding um, anything from a system that is only there to exploit. So BA is calling for uh, people um, who can see the system for what it is, and that is 
the governments and the mainstream media and the big corporations um, that have, you know, the monopoly over the continent that is very violent towards its people and the land. And so the strategy, I guess, of direct action, it's been used a lot in forest blockades and in more recent years in against coal mines and things like that. And I guess that kind of blockading it, a specific target to stop work on that has a there's a reason to it do you think that this tactic translates to trying to do sort of big system change blockade australia is trying to get on the forefront and be um acting proactively instead of reactively uh to the systems that are exploiting and extractivism um on this continent so uh, essentially, you know, we're aiming, um, calling people to participate in the collective and organised direct action non-violently uh, to create a world that sustains all life on Earth, not just for the white and the wealthy. Now, one thing Blockade Australia has definitely managed to do is to cause a bit of a stir with uh, politicians and police and things like that in its different mobilizations this one's been no different can you tell us a bit about what the response from police has been and some of the uh legal issues you've had this week yeah the legal repression um that we've seen uh that blockade australia has seen is you know no surprise um it's nothing that we weren't expecting um you know australia will respond uh with repression to squash any real climate change, um, sorry, climate action or challenge to the power. But, you know, BA understands that the action, the direct action is still necessary to see the change that we desperately need um, to address the climate emergency. So what's happened this week? I mean, there's been reports of people not being uh, given bail, which normally legally a presumption is for bail. Can you talk us through some of the repression that we've seen this week? Yeah, so some of the activists uh, have been uh, denied bail uh, this week. They are... Uh, they have legal representation who are filing a Supreme Court bail um, for them to hopefully get through next week. Um, but the activists have, uh, yeah, obviously received um, heavy-handed responses from uh, police, including multiple charges, uh, I think between six and seven charges each, um, which we believe is you know, heavy-handed and excessive, but no surprises there. And there was media sharing some footage of a member of the public sort of physically dragging people across the road and things like that, and we have had reports of injuries sustained by people doing Blockade Australia. Uh, has there been... What's happened with these incidents? Yeah, Blockade Australia is, uh, you know, very concerned um, that... Members of the public have become violent uh, towards activists who are not only acting on behalf of marginalised groups, but also including, you know, the working class um, and people who are being exploited by this government and this system that runs um, on this continent of Australia. And 
you know, they are not our enemy. Um, our enemy is the system and um, we are doing all that we can to uh, stop, you know, stop the system and, and create a better world um, which sustains life um, on this planet for everyone now, on social media and in the traditional media, there's certainly a lot of outrage in response to Blockade Australia, as there has been from the previous mobilisations as well. I guess, does the group think about this and, uh, um, you know, what it means to get this reaction and are there ways to work around or is it just something that you think you have to deal with? You know, Blockade Australia is not doing this action to gain popularity or likes. Um, they are acting out of hope and desperation um, and necessity to, you know, get the system change that we need. Um, this type of action is that Blockade Australia is taking is not comfortable. Um, it's not meant to be comfortable. Uh, the changes that we have seen throughout history uh, by the power of the people coming together in organised direct action has not been comfortable at the time. People have not agreed or liked the changes that those organisations have been trying to see. However, we now are benefiting from a lot of those pushes that those you know, organisations and direct action um, activists have managed to uh, force change into the world. So we understand that this is not uncomfortable, but the climate crisis is going to be far worse uncomfortable than anything that we are seeing right now. People are already losing their homes, losing their lives, and communities have already been lost to natural disasters. Um, climate crisis is happening now but it's only going to get worse. And this is about mitigating um, the level of intensity uh, that we are going to see in the future to come um, if we are not taking direct action and enforcing serious action on climate change right now. So this mobilisation, I'm assuming it's gone for quite a long time and despite everything and, and the attempts of police and things like that, but I'm assuming it won't go forever, but what does the future look like for Blockade Australia? The future looks like uh, participating with members of the public who are dearly concerned about the future of this continent um, and the world um, and the people who are on it. Uh, you know, we... Uh, looking and calling out for people to get in touch, come to an info talk online or in person, um, interact with the page, find a way to get involved because this is seriously what matters. Um, you know, everything, you know, we are depending on everything um, right now. All right. Thanks very much, Taylor. If people want to find out more info, how can they do that? They can go to Blockhead Australia uh, website um, or Facebook page. We are also on Instagram um, and we have a Telegram uh, channel that you can join as well. All right. Thanks for chatting, Taylor. No worries. Thanks so much for having Blockhead Australia.
That is Taylor there from Blockade Australia talking about the actions they have been doing this week. And as we speak, there are several uh, Blockade Australia personnel still locked up, uh, refused bail by both police and the courts, and now awaiting um, a further bail hearing. Otherwise, they will remain in the watch house for weeks, potentially months, when their case is eventually heard. It has been... Once again, a feature of the uh, Blockade Australia mobilisation, different crackdowns, people being refused bail in Queensland. In New South Wales, the Premier, Chris Minns, has said he's going to try to meet with Facebook to try to work out how to stop face- how to get Facebook to stop sh- letting people live stream illegal protests, which the chair of Digital Rights Watch, Lizzie O'Shea, I have a quote here, said that, She would expect to hear that from the People's Republic of China, not from a Labor New South Wales Premier. And I think, yeah, the Labor politicians, once they're in power, of course, they always forget the, um, you know, tales of the Shearer's strike and uh, Eureka Stockade and all these kind of things that are parts of the Labor mythology. Once they're in power, it's anything to shut down protests, although they'll never say that. They always use some code word about um, illegal actions or dangerous actions or something like that. Selfish individuals. Um, But there's not much solidarity, not much commitment to the democratic right for people to protest a, a, a system that ultimately is stacked against ordinary people and stacked in favour of the big corporations who can't afford access all the time to these kind of um, to politicians and to lawmaking. You know, people who routinely trash our environment and they don't get new laws written up about what they've done or they don't get politicians contacting Facebook to try to stop them advertising their their business on Facebook. We had a message as well from Lisa, Triple Z subscriber, who said, um, can you please remind the truckies and tradies that beat up on the activists in Brisbane, if you have seen that footage, there was a truckie got out of his truck and uh, dragged a couple of people across the road repeatedly. There's a report that an activist has been hospitalised. Um, that only scabs cross picket lines. The narrative needs to change. The young people are standing up because they are under attack by the system. And how does the union chant go? When you're under attack, stand up, fight back. And I think it is undoubtedly true that there's just the kind of solidarity with other people um, standing up against what we see as a system is just completely diminished these days. It's been successfully broken by a narrative of each individual out for themselves, the, um, you know, takeover of the neoliberal economic system and um, and everything that comes with it, you know. All these tradies, once upon a time, they had a bunch of co-workers and they were talking about capital versus labour, right, profits versus wages and things like that. And now each person is their own contractor, each out to get what they can for themselves. And I think social media as well just um, acts to isolate people more and more. And there certainly needs to be a bit of a recovery of a kind of collective idea of of solidarity, of, you know, um, even people that you don't agree with that um, seeing people 
if they're standing up for something altruistically and certainly you don't get much out of being beaten up by a truckie and arrested and held in protest held in remand and then come out and um and cop a fine and there should be some level of solidarity with that so anyway that's why today we're chatting with people from blockade australia before i was talking to taylor about blockade australia what it does and why i've got I've also chatted with Jamaica, who was one of the people who blockaded the port of Brisbane. I had a chat with her this morning. Let's have a listen. I'm Jamaica. Um, I'm 23. Um, I'm a climate activist who has been taking action with other people around Australia as part of Blockade Australia's mobilisation to put pressure onto um, the Australian system to create climate change. Yeah, so on Monday morning, you um, climbed up a pole that was suspended across the road entering the port of Brisbane. Um, Tell us a bit more about uh, what this action was and why you did it. Yeah, so Monday morning, um, woke up early, climbed a monopole, um, which was blocking all four lanes of traffic, blocking the flow of goods coming from the port and to the port. I did this because 98% of Australia's trade happens through ports, and this particular port is Queensland's fastest growing port. It's also our largest seafaring port, and it represents a very small cross-section of the industries that are driving climate collapse. And by doing so, by blockading important infrastructure and economic bulkheads, we're able to put pressure directly onto the systems and the Australian system as a whole, which is perpetuating the climate collapse. So you uh, went up there and presumably a few people helped you, but then didn't hang around. Um, What happened after that? Well, I got up there, took me a little while to get situated, turned on the camera and hit record and just started broadcasting the message that I'm trying to send out to people that this system that we're living under is driving the climate collapse and that ordinary people have no means through what is deemed as legitimate channels to apply significant political pressure onto the systems. And what we can do is mobilise together and take back decision-making power to apply political pressure ourselves and to demand that climate action be taken and to demand the future that we want to see. And then the cops got you down eventually. There's been some people this week who have been refused bail and remanded in custody, but they let you out on bail, today. Yeah, I was very fortunate to get out of Watch House the day of my action. Um, Obviously, yeah, a few people have been remanded, but it is quite unsurprising to see the system strike back and to apply what resources it can into preventing climate action because it has an invested interest in preventing it. Basically, when... The Australian system is like a parasite that's attached to to the masses through this bond of exploitation. And when it's that threat of being picked off its hose, 
is going to inject poison. So it's entirely unsurprising to see it react so harshly, even though it is fucked up and wrong. Um, it's entirely predictable, and we can't allow that to deter us from taking action. Yeah, the last couple of blockade Australia actions have also led to really severe police responses and law changes and, of course, media hysteria and things like that. Did you expect that this was likely to happen this time and did you factor that in and to before doing the action? Yeah, absolutely. Like, as I was saying, it's extremely predictable that this parasitic system is going to react harshly and to crack down and try to suppress um, actions that put pressure on real change. So I definitely was, in my own case, very surprised to get out of Watch House the day of, um, but was very unsurprised to see the system crack down harshly. It was entirely in my mind beforehand, but I feel motivated by my love of people on the planet and that my hope lies in community resistance. And so those two things make me feel empowered enough to continue to take action. On um, social media and in the traditional media, there's a lot of comments that aren't necessarily very favourable about Blockade Australia and probably a few directed at you. I mean, how does this feel, uh, copying this kind of thing from strangers? Oh, you know, it's... Definitely like a weird experience to be up on a pole dangling in the air, blood circulation getting cut off in your legs and have someone typing a message that they should cut the ropes and let you die. But I think I still recognise that these people, they're also being exploited by the system. They haven't actually chosen to contribute to the system willingly. They were born under the sum of it. And so... Ultimately, even though it feels quite um, jarring to hear these messages, these people are also going to be impacted by the climate catastrophe when the ecological crisis collapses entire chains of supply. These people will be some of the first people to be impacted by that. They will be some of the first people to lose their jobs. And so even though it may not feel like it at the moment to them, I'm taking this action for them as well. And uh, what does the future look like now? I guess the uh, um, mobilisation has been going for a while. I assume it won't go on forever. But what, I mean, looking forward into terms of how to disrupt the system, how to work for climate action, what do you think the needs to happen now or in the future? Well, I think that it's been really encouraging to see what started as a centralised mobilisation spread into three different cities and it's really encouraging to see the way in which that has empowered different communities to um, take action on this issue that is going to affect all of us. Um, I think that more and more people are recognising that the system isn't going to take action. That's not in its invested interest. It wasn't designed to care for people or planet. And so more people are seeing that when we mobilise together through direct action, we can take back power and to take back decision-making abilities back into community. And so I, I predict that this is just going to continue to grow and that people are going to continue to empower themselves and each other to care for planet and people and to care for their communities.
All right. Thanks very much for chatting with Jamaica. Sweet. No problem. Thanks for calling me. What's your way? You say, not that way. Not her way. Not their way. (laughs) They've lost their way. There are better ways. What's your way? Can you find your way? Can you find a way? (laughs) Knowing the best way is a way away. Many ways are good enough for now, safe enough to try. Are we safe enough to not try? Our wasteful ways are going away, as the weighed-down ways of nature waste away. What's your way? Change will not come one way, but now's the time, today's the day. We need your way, with all the ways, the caring, sharing ways, the solid standing ways, the fact-facing ways, the new storytelling ways, every which way, every wise way, big and little ways. What's your way? Plan. Start. Do it now. Do it daily. Do it instead of Facebook. Do it socially instead of screenily. Do it instead of watching TV. Do it while watching TV. Do it joyfully or painstakingly. Do it often. Do it welcomingly. Just do it. Justly. What's your way? Do it till it works even if it doesn't. Do it with friends, do it alone, draw it, paint it, talk it, sing away in a public way. What's your way? Make your way one of the ways, a one in a million way, a one-to-one way, an eye-to-eye way, a sun-to-sun way, a cry-by-cry way, a fun-fun way, a try-try-try way, more or less any way. What's your way? To do what you can with what you've been given in the time you have, wherever you are, along your byway, track or highway. What's your way? That is Jenny Fitzgibbon there, one of our local uh, activist folk singer poets with a new poem she just wrote, What's Your Way? I think going out to the people who say, oh, we all want climate action, but not that kind of, the kind that disrupts ports or roads or people going about their everyday business, um, which is a lot of people, and I guess, a, you know, all of us need to have a long, hard think about what would change look like and what will it take, because the answer is probably a lot of difficulty and uncomfortableness and disruption to something or other. And before that, I was speaking with Jamaica, who was arrested earlier this week blocking the port of Brisbane with Blockade Australia, one of many actions across the country. You can find out more info about all of those actions if you uh, follow Blockade Australia, one of those internet platforms. And I'm sure they'll be back um, despite the attempts of everybody to stop them. And... Uh, my solidarity goes out to a group that is, yeah, young people with radical dreams that are trying to put them into practice courageously, you know, a lot of these people, and it's certainly um, incredibly difficult. Anybody, I guess any activist that comes to the territory a bit, you know, being locked up, being uh, told off by politicians, being abused by strangers and things like that. But if they ain't called you nothing, then you ain't done nothing yet. See you next week.